Opioid abuse seems to be making headlines almost on a daily basis. Each year, more than 70 million post-surgical patients are prescribed opioids, and research shows 1 in 15 will go on to use these medications long-term. That can put them at risk for addiction and overdose. Joining me today is Dr. Susan Downey. We're going to be talking about opioid addiction, but more importantly, what sort of options are out there, options that you might be able to use in your own practice to help patients. Dr. Downey, welcome to the program. Thank you. My question for you is, your interest in opioids is, I'm gathering from doing surgical procedures and noticing that patients may take them after surgery. How did you get involved and make this a key issue that's something you were concerned about? Well, I think the issue for me is trying to make a better surgical experience for my patients. And I was always looking for ways to minimize the use of opioids because I found that a lot of my patients, and the vast majority of my patients are female, had um, an adverse reaction to opioids. They weren't taking them, so they're actually in a lot of pain after surgery because they weren't taking the opioids because the opioids or narcotics made them feel worse than the pain. So I was looking for ways to um, alleviate post-surgical pain without having to give narcotics. I applaud you on that because, I mean, I'm a primary care family physician, and, you know, I see the medications being used more and more in the last decade. People show up in the emergency room, boom, they're given opioid medication. They're in the hospital, oh, a little pain, we'll give you opioid medication. And I don't know if it's the culture of the idea that pain is the fifth vital sign or that we're all being surveyed on patients and how they handle their pain, but it just seems like it's getting a bit out of control. So the fact that you're looking at it and you're trying to look at their other alternatives or or necessarily not overusing them, I think needs to be applauded. And uh, in doing that, obviously you got a lot of information from listening to your patients. It sounded like you saw how it impacted them and, and you listened to what they said. Exactly. And I think there is some easily prescribed pain medicine. I had a woman in the other day who was telling me that her, you know, how much narcotics her kids were given after their wisdom teeth were taken out. And just, I think it's easier to give narcotics after when somebody has an injury than, or is anticipated to have pain, such in the post-surgical period, than it is to not give the uh, narcotics. And it's similar to um, trying to not give uh, antibiotics to every patient. I'm sure as a primary care physician, you can understand this. And they show by the end of the day, primary care physicians, one study showed that they were given more antibiotics. So you just get tired of <laughs> the uh, discussion about it. Sure. And it does take a fair bit of patient education to explain to them um, what we're going to do instead of narcotics. There are patients who are very happy. I mean, say to me, literally say, I'm so glad you're bringing up the topic of post-op pain because I was very concerned about it because, one, I don't do well with narcotics, or I have been through a 12-step program and I'm very afraid of taking anything because I don't want to go back that way. Or three, I have a big family history and I've always steered clear of uh, anything that might lead to an addiction problem. I'm very careful about alcohol, very careful about any pain medicine. So there's a lot of people who are very interested in learning what they can do other than take standard just narcotics. Well, you know, you mentioned the antibiotic issue, and it's interesting, just a week ago prior to um, recording this program, uh, a report came out about a a very concerning resistant strain in a woman uh, with E. coli that, you know, it basically was resistant to our strongest antibiotic, which we use for the toughest cases, and showing how the overuse of antibiotics in in many ways is, is causing a problem. Now we might be doing a similar thing with pain medications, particularly the opioids. Let me ask you two questions. First, the concerns you have 
about opioids for our physician audience, and then what you are suggesting as alternatives that seem to work. Because again, you have people in the surgical experience in the surgical realm where they obviously at certain points are dealing with pain and pain issues, and you're coming up with different options. So first, the opioids from that standpoint, what are your concerns about them? Well, my concerns with them are that there's so many side effects of the opioids in addition to the risk of addiction. There's so many side effects, and patients will typically get constipated. They will feel nauseous. Um, they will, you know, just generally not feeling well, not functioning well if they take narcotics in the immediate post-op period, and it may not actually help with the problem that they're dealing with. So it's, I often try to use other medications that will actually deal with the underlying problem. For example, I use, sometimes prescribe a very low dose of Valium, or another mild muscle relaxant to release, either to relax the muscles, which then can make over-the-counter pain medicines or narcotics work better because you're treating the underlying cause of the pain rather than just giving pain medicine. And I'll even explain it on the antibiotic theory to my patients is that, you know, the, we can give you pain medicine for an infection that may help us with the pain, but we're not treating the underlying cause. We need to treat the underlying cause, which is the muscle spasm, and then the pain medicine can work. Or you may not even need the pain medicine. You can get the muscle spasm to go away. You're listening to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Brian McDonough, and today we're talking with our special guest, Dr. Susan Downey, a board-certified plastic surgeon, been in practice for 22 years, deals with patients who have to deal with the issue of pain and, and the medications that are available. Uh, when you came up with these other options and you talked to patients, tell me how it's accepted. You mentioned that some actually would come to you and they're delighted, but how about people, you have people who are saying, I really want pain medicine, or they've They've kind of been programmed that the, the true answer is pain medicine? There is some of that, and I do think we as physicians made, made this problem ourselves with the fifth uh, vital sign being pain. Um, and I think that we have to have educate our patients that we can make them comfortable but not totally pain-free, and that pain is actually somewhat protective because it keeps you from doing things you shouldn't be doing in the post-op period. Um, you know, and so we have to come to a realistic re- um, acceptance of what is expected in the post-op period. I want you to be comfortable, but I can't do pain-free surgery. And I find that most patients are very accepting of not having narcotics. They are just interested in what the alternatives are, and often they haven't heard of any other options. And they don't know that the combination of other drugs can lead to them to be very comfortable without the side effects of their head being woozy or they're not thinking clearly or nausea. And that's a big problem after narcotics. You know, you mentioned that. I talk to so many patients when they talk about pain medicine, especially those who have been through the addiction issues, and they'll say, I just don't want to feel cloudy anymore. I mean, you don't know what it was like to be this cloudy. And they they had that addiction, but at the same time, it wasn't as if they were having a great time enjoying it. They were actually pretty uh, concerned and not feeling so well because of it. And with, you know, use of non-narcotic, um, I'm finding that a week out from surgery, I used to get calls in my office. Patients would be calling the office saying, I was doing fine, now I'm nauseated, and my office would be like, well, are you constipated? And yes, we're not getting those calls anymore. We're not getting that problem. So patients are actually feeling better a week out from surgery than they were when we were just giving the routine of pain medicine, narcotics. Dr. Downey, we have a lot of physicians listening to this program. What tips do you have to help them? Like, what, what would you suggest they do if they, in their own practices, you know, might be using opioids a bit more than they want, or, or they're looking at other options and, and to learn from your experience? Well, I talk to my patients before surgery, and I explain to them what I'm going to do. I do a couple of things 
that I think are very important to you know, manage a post-operative pain patient with minimal narcotics. Now, it doesn't say I don't sometimes give a few or patients will take a little bit in the first 24, 48 hours, but want them off of the narcotics very quickly. And that is actually what the government is now saying is three days narcotics. But I have often had patients go through surgery with no narcotics. And what it is, is I set it up with, they can either an IV Tylenol or an IV ibuprofen type drug in the hospital in the post-op period doesn't lead to a lot of nausea and gives very good pain relief. Um, then when the patients go home, they continue on the and take it, and I tell them to take it regularly. You've got to take it regular. You can't just take it when you hurt. You've got to take it regularly so you have a level built up of um, like ibuprofen or Aleve or one of those non-steroidal anti-inflammatories and Tylenol uh, and or Tylenol. But they have to take the medication pretty regularly so they don't end up where they're in severe pain and then need something stronger to get them out of it. I also use a lot of local anesthetic in the OR, um, and I like to use the long-acting local anesthetic, which is uh, marcaine in a uh, liposomal uh, sub substance, so it's slowly released over three days. That's called Expiral. And use of those, and I tell patients that that will minimize the pain, and I try to put that most in the areas where patients have complained about the pain in the post-op period. So, I will, so for example, the breast reduction, the only place they complain about pain is burning under the breast. So I make sure I inject that area very well so we don't have that burning. A lot around the drain sites, the patients aren't as bothered by the drain. That helps a lot as well. Um, and then, you know, I think the Valium, if we're doing something with a muscle, for example, in the breast reconstruction where we've elevated pectoralis muscle, I'll give a low dose of Valium to use, and that helps with the muscle spasm. And the combination of all these, I've had lots of my patients, I'm hardly writing any narcotic prescriptions at all. Patients are going through this with just over-the-counter pain medicine having been set up for this sort of recovery course. You mentioned a couple of medications, and I'm only listening as you speak, that, that are extremely expensive. For instance, the, the biosimilar Expiral, that one, that's pretty pricey, as is, I believe, the IV Tylenol. That's, that's been a major issue uh, in healthcare in the past six months or so because the company that made it was jacking up prices and it was, it was very expensive. How does your hospital and the facilities deal with that, or is that something passed on to the patient? Because I know that is, those numbers are quite high for treatment. Well, you know, when you look at the overall course, they aren't high. If you look at the snapshot, you know, giving it in the OR, then it can look high. The XPRL is the same price within 10 or 20, a couple, 10 to $20 or so as a pain pump. But, you know, they're billed under different uh, parts of the hospital. So pharmacy seeing an increase in their costs where surgical supplies, a different uh, reduction in their costs because you're not using a pain pump. So that sort of balances out. Um, and if you look at my patients, I'm not, I'm getting them out of the post-op surgical area sooner. They're not getting additional pain medicine. And I know narcotics, unfortunately, are extremely cheap compared to some of these other medications. But my patients aren't, are leaving home hours earlier, which means less nursing care. Um, they're not staying overnight because they're nauseated and have to be admitted for, because they're nauseated and can't get in the car to go home. So you admit one patient, you can pay for a lot of these drugs. It's kind of a cost-shifting thing. The patient, it may not necessarily impact them as much, and they may have fewer issues down the road as far as side effects and problems associated with the, with the medication. Right. Yes, and it's you know a matter of a patient getting out of the hospital. If it's one day earlier, that's a huge savings. If it's you know hours earlier and not staying overnight, if I don't admit anybody from the surgical 
aftercare facility. And that's a, in six-month period where before I might have admitted one or two, that's still a significant savings. The hospitals have to look at the picture from start to finish. You can't look at the snapshot. And that's where the problem's arisen. If the snapshot looks like it's expensive, but when you look at the overall care of the patient, it's a lot less expensive. You obviously have read about this, and, and, and you, you're dealing with some newer medications, some exciting opportunities and options. Where do a family doctor or others learn about these? Are, are there specific courses or ways you found out about it? Is it you know, kind of kicking around practicing for 22 years you figured it out? How have you learned about these options? Well, actually, a lot of my experience came because I was a pediatric plastic surgeon for the first 10 years of my life at Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. And kids would refuse a shot, even though it would make them better. So you know, we would tell them that they would feel better. They didn't want a shot no matter what. So kids wouldn't take a shot. And so we had to come up with alternatives at that point. And pediatrics, for a long time, has given Tylenol prophylactically, you know, before, preemptively in the preoperative area before surgery. Um, babies would get Tylenol suppositories, you know, just things to have some level of pain control there. So the experience is there in the pediatric population, which we then have expanded to the adult population. Dr. Susan Downey is my guest. We only have about a minute left. Dr. Downey believes hospitals should be making it easier for doctors and patients to have a choice in receiving non-opioid medications, and she's been using an FDA-approved pain medication that surgeons can inject during surgery to release a numbing medication to the body over time, reducing, in some cases, completely eliminating prescription opioids. Now that you've been doing this and, you, and you've looked at it and you've had this impact, um, obviously, you took the time to speak to me tonight, and you're, you're, you're taking the opportunity to speak to others. Is this something, the word you want to get out for people? Absolutely. I, it's a, it shouldn't be such a battle, exactly what you said. We're trying to do the best thing by our patients. We're trying to control the part of the um, narcotic addiction problem in this country that has been ascribed to us. And I think that we should try to educate and educate administrators and ed- educate hospitals personnel so that we can minimize the use of narcotics and get ourselves on a healthier road to post-op recovery. I want to thank you for joining us on Primary Care today. It's really been a pleasure. For those of you who are listening, if you missed any of this, please visit reachmd.com slash today. You can download the podcast. You can learn more on the series. I want to thank you for listening. And again, Dr. Downey, thank you very much. You're welcome.